It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. News Podcast presents Brett Baer's All-Star Panel. America's got to be in the lead if you want to deal with these threats. We're going to lead. The morning is over. The shiva is done. And if you're a conservative, you should be optimistic. You know, my main priority right now is making sure that it delivers for the American people. We have to make our country great again, and I will do that. I think the president gets criticized by people all the time for the stuff he says, by people who ignore what he does. Now, Fox's chief political anchor, Brett Baer. America's crime crisis targeted police officers over the weekend with multiple shootings in major cities across the country as pressure builds for a solution in different cities. And tensions have reached a fever pitch in Ukraine along the border there as Russia has mobilized as many as 100,000 troops along the Ukrainian border. The United States has requested that all non-essential personnel leave the region and 8,500 U.S. troops have been put on high alert. For those stories and more, we'll bring in our panel. Chief Political Correspondent for the Washington Examiner, Byron York, USA Today Washington Bureau Chief Susan Page, and Fox News White House Correspondent, Peter Ducey. Let's start, uh, Susan, with the fact that the the president has kind of changed his language a little bit about how he's talking about Ukraine. And when after the news conference, he mentioned the possibility of Russia possibly going in in a minor incursion and what that would ensue. That language has been taken out. And now it's uh, stiff consequences if Russia crosses. Yes, much tougher language. uh, And. I think some regret at the White House over the president's comments at his news conference, which even as the news conference was going on, we were hearing complaints from Ukraine officials about the president giving Putin a green light to make whatever a minor incursion might mean uh, in Ukraine. Uh, The White House says that's not what he intended. They've certainly toughened their language since then. I think there's a lot of concern at the White House that an invasion uh, a Russian invasion of Ukraine is now imminent, and that's going to present huge challenges to the United States and to the NATO alliance, the sort of which we have not seen since the height of the Cold War. Peter, have you seen the the change and, and his reluctance, obviously, to answer questions on Ukraine? He did take some uh, today at a different event on healthcare. There's not much of a change, uh, but, you know, they keep using the word imminent. We think that a possible Putin invasion of Ukraine is imminent, uh, but it doesn't feel imminent because they've been using that word for several weeks. That makes it sound like it's going to happen at any time. And a few weeks ago, they said it was going to happen at any time. Now we don't know. And now there are these reports from folks in Ukraine who are saying, we don't feel like we're about to get taken over by Russia. So the president is talking tough. He's saying he is not under any circumstance going to send U.S. troops into Ukraine. Anything that they do will be through NATO obligations. Uh, but but they're just kind of waiting to see what what happens. Yeah. And Byron, the question is where Putin sits at this moment. And there's a lot of trying to read through the tea leaves of what he may be thinking uh, and whether any of this 
pressure and buildup is affecting his ultimate decision. I think President Biden used that very phrase tea leaves uh, today, uh, describing how to to divine Putin's intentions. The bottom line being, we just don't know. And I think one of the the interesting things about the this whole minor incursion flap from the news conference is that Biden did actually kind of say the quiet part out loud in the sense that an American response to Russian action in Ukraine would be proportionate to the action so that if it were a big World War II style invasion, that's one thing. And if it were something far, far smaller than that, that's another thing. It's just that um, Biden took so much flack for saying the quiet part out loud that now the U.S. is kind of a maximalist sort of position, even though we don't know anything. Right. Peter, you did get the phone call. Uh, anything else from the phone call of, of the, uh, I say an apology, but he said no hard feelings for what he, he said to you the other night. Yeah. You know, I, it was like seconds after I was done talking to you, Brett, that I got a call from an unknown number, um, 202 area code. Uh, and it was, the by president. the way, for people at home, all that shows up is 202. And so, you know, it's, uh, somebody big. Yeah. And, uh, it was the president and, you know, not expecting to speak to him. Uh, it, he let off just right away. He was, he was kind of laughing and he said, uh, nothing personal, pal. And I, I told him I knew and that, you know, I was going to keep trying to ask him different stuff than everybody else is asking him. And he was, he kind of, it was a lighthearted chat and he said, you got to, you got to. And so it was nice of him to call, especially because all this stuff is going on in Ukraine and in Russia at all hours of the night. And so that, that he took five minutes to, to give a call. Uh, I appreciated. He didn't have yeah. to, I wasn't expecting it, but it was nice. No, that's good. And we didn't make it uh News item number one today, but it it is um, it, it's an interesting exchange and obviously different, uh, Susan, in the previous uh, administration. But it, what what's interesting is that the president does seem to be getting. Um, how do you put it? He seems to, the, the different poll numbers that he's seeing on different issues, including the tension in Ukraine, may be affecting this White House. Well, for for sure. Uh, you know, the, the President Biden is definitely in a rough patch. And the question is, is this a rough patch that's going to continue for the foreseeable future? Or is it something that he can come out of? But at the moment, his approval rating is down, uh, you know, as low as 33 percent in most poll polls in the low 40s. Um, he's getting uh, his previously high approval ratings on handling the COVID crisis have come down. Lots of concern about his handling of the economy. Was he too focused on Build Back Better, not enough on inflation. And the White House is now looking at a very difficult year in terms of getting some legislation through and then in having these midterm elections, which at the moment there are lots of red flags for Democrats, including today the 29th House Democrat to announce he will not be running for another term, Jim Cooper of Tennessee. That is really a sign of what House Democrats calculate about this midterm election. Yeah, I mean, Byron, that's a significant number. If you look back at at previous midterms where the wave has come, uh, it's usually been precipitated by the ripple of people leaving beforehand. 
Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, the substance of the, um, the great stupid SOB controversy is that the president's sarcasm, no, it's a great asset, more inflation, I think indicates the president knows that inflation is a huge political threat uh, for his party. And as far as the 29 Democrats are leaving, this is off the top of my head, but I think in 2018, when um, Republicans lost the House, and there was talk of Republicans just abandoning ship right and left. I think there were 34 uh, who, were, who decided not to run again. So uh, Democrats are, are pushing closer to that number, which really does indicate a party where a lot of people don't think they're going to have the majority next time around. Peter, do you sense uh, a change in in how the White House is talking about different elements? For example, you asked a question about crime. It was the first time I had seen uh, Jen Psaki say that part of it is not only gun laws and going after guns, but also defunding the police in some different cities across the country. I do think that there is a change, Brett, and something that is so telling is uh, so this week began with me asking Jen Psaki several minutes worth of crime questions. The following day, uh, she led the briefing reading a prepared statement about crime and about all the different things that they are doing to counter this rise in violent crimes and in murders and in gun crimes that they they cannot hide from anymore. But the fact, you know, there's all these things, like I mentioned earlier, going on in the world the fact that they went back and very carefully crafted a statement for her to read out at the top says that they know this is something they they have to now try to get in front of as much as they can. You know, Ron Klain, uh, White House Chief of Staff, Susan retweeting um, that that the president spoke with the New York City mayor and he expressed his firm support for Mayor Adams efforts to combat gun violence and violent crime. It seems like Mayor Adams is going to be. Uh, the gold standard when it comes to the White House referring to Democrats and how they're handling crime. Yes, uh, there's a hope that among Democrats that, that Mayor Adams can handle this in a way that some Democrats have struggled to handle it. You know, there's been a lot of concern in some cities about uh, policing, about uh, the the police firings on unarmed black men. Uh, that's certainly been a big concern, but has that made the police more reluctant to go after crime, Eric Adams may be able, because of his own background as a former police officer, because of his own politics, be able to take a stand against crime while be also making it clear that there are standards of policing that ought to be adhered to. Uh, and that's going to be important for Democrats to do this year politically. Guys, let's hold it right there. We'll continue after this. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Byron, everything lines up to November, and obviously November uh, is looking like the Republicans are licking their chops when it comes to the House especially. Uh, but there's a lot of time between now and then, and a lot of big things can happen, including the president making the rounds and and doing some of these infrastructure projects that uh, passed with the bipartisan infrastructure bill. 
you do a couple events in front of uh, building bridges and suddenly uh, you actually are doing something. And you criticize uh, the Republican in your district for voting against it. Um, and, you know, that's a real possibility. I remember back in 2010, if you if you remember, Republicans had a smashing victory, picked up 63 seats in Obama's first midterms, one control of the House. I remember having a lunch with John Boehner, then the minority leader of the House, and it was in the early spring, and he said, uh, listen, this is baked in the cake. It's done. We're going to win. And all of his aides said, oh, that's off the record. Don't say anything about that. Uh, but in fact, it was baked in the cake. And at some point, generally thought to be maybe late spring, uh, it gets really hard to turn things around. But I agree with you. We've seen astonishing, unprecedented, unexpected events happen. So that could always intervene, even though the trends look very good for Republicans. And Susan, what, what do you think Democrats are looking at now on the upside? I mean, it's been a tough few months. Well, the number one thing that would help Democrats is if Biden gets his approval rating up. And the number one thing that would help Biden get his approval rating up is if the COVID pandemic gets under better control. And that may happen. You know, there are some encouraging signs with Omicron fading, uh, the number of infections fading of the Omicron variant. You know, that would be a very uh, big step toward making the country be in a little less of a a funk about everything. Uh, you know, Americans now, we now know that seven out of 10 Americans think the country is headed in the wrong direction. That is a brutal finding for the party in power going back to voters saying, give us another chance, keep us in power. Yeah, Peter, what do you think of that? Yeah, you know, they are so confident in uh, in the stuff that they've been doing, and they think that their problems around here are just messaging. So, yeah, infrastructure, uh, people like it, and we just need to explain what's in it better. Even Build Back Better, which at this point has no hope of doing anything in the Senate, uh, even when they break it up, um, it's not looking good right now. Uh, they think that's a winner for them. They just have to explain it better. Uh, and we'll see. Yeah. Byron, what's the thing that we're not talking about right now that you think that um, we will be or is something that uh, we'll be covering soon? Well, uh, I mean, what we haven't talked about in this podcast uh, is schools and education and the way that has been working for in favor of Republicans uh, recently, so much so, I thought it was interesting. And I believe it was Peter who asked the question of Jen Psaki uh, yesterday or the day before, which is about, you know, who should have more say uh, in uh, the, the code policies for, for the children? Should it be the school bureaucrats or should it be the parents? And Jen Psaki tried to sidestep the question, saying, well, we believe in listening to the public health experts. Um, and she really wanted to avoid this question. But I think it's been it'll be pretty damaging for uh, Democrats unless COVID just goes away, which would be nice uh, unless it just goes away. I think it'll be really damaging for Democrats. And Susan, your thoughts about what we're not not talking about now? Well, you know, what, I mean, Bob Strauss, uh, the late, great Bob Strauss, former Democratic chairman, among a bunch of other jobs, used to say <clears throat> in politics, things are never as good as they seem. 
and they're never as bad as they seem. And that's just something to keep in mind that, you know, certainly Biden's in a in a difficult place at the moment. Uh, I think Strauss would say, uh, keep your eyes open. Things could get better. Republicans feeling very confident about November and maybe they maybe they should be and maybe they'll turn out to be right. But in politics, I think it is good not to be confident that you actually know what's going to happen next. That's true. I think one thing on the international stage is is China and what happens with China, what the next thing is. Clearly, they're signaling they want to do bigger and more ominous things from our perspective in the U.S. around the world. Uh, and whether that's Taiwan or some other action, we have yet to know. Okay, panel, thanks so much. Now for a bit of history. On this date in 1964, the Beatles reached the top of the Billboard charts with their hit, I Want to Hold Your Hand. Before the band broke up in 1970, the Beatles would go on to have 20 number one hits and 34 top tens. That'll do it for this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and a review. We want to hear from you. For Byron, Susan, and Peter, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.